listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 23rd of December 2021. Later, why milk prices are likely to rise in the coming uh, time period. But first, we are going to be talking about private health insurance because the government has, inc- has approved a 2.7% lift from April the 1st, 2022 on average. It says it is the lowest increase since 2001. The reality, though, is that there are fewer people using the benefits of private health because of COVID and the restrictions as more of us stay at home. Now, depending on the private health fund that you're with, there'll be differences in that increase. So, for example, NIB will be lifting by 2.66% from the 1st of April. Bupa will be lifting by 3.1% on the 1st of April. HBF, 3.62% on the 1st. Uh, The team at Medibank will be lifting it by 3.1%, but will delay that increase until the 1st of September. And HCF by 2.7%, but not until the the 1st of November. You also need to kind of look back to three, five and 10 year averages to get an idea of what each fund has done because that can change too. Also take into consideration some of these funds have also returned some money back to members because of unused claims because of COVID. Anyway, Medibank is one of those that will be lifting by 3.1% but will be delaying that increase by five months. Earlier, I spoke with its CEO, David Koskar. For more. David, you're lifting premiums by an average of 3.1%, but delaying that increase by five months until the 1st of September. Why? Yes, yeah, so today we are uh, increasing our premiums, but delaying them for five months, uh, which is uh, the next round in our customer support package uh, for COVID. We have continually uh, committed to our customers uh, that we will return any permanent net claim savings due to COVID. Uh, and recognising the impact of lockdowns around the country. So today we have announced that we will be deferring that premium increase of five months, which uh, is a give back uh, of approximately $135 million uh, to our customers. Around 2 million of our customers will have that premium delay. Uh, And that brings our total customer support since the start of the pandemic to around $435 million. Given the pandemic and restrictions, why do premiums need to rise in the first place? How do you explain it to customers? Well, no customers uh, want an increase in premiums, but uh, customers understand uh, that, um, uh, you know, we're here to support their claims and and make sure that they're there when when they need to consume healthcare, whether it's investing in their health and wellbeing or if they need a procedure. Um, We communicate to them that uh, the underlying costs of health are going up um, by, in fact, more than uh, the increase in our premium. And so we explain that uh, in order to cover uh, the cost of healthcare, we are increasing premium. What we are also explaining, uh, two things. One is we continue to uh, reduce our own costs. In fact, last year, uh, we reduced uh, through our productivity program our cost by $20 million with a target for this coming year. And in addition, working uh, with the government Uh, and with other health players on important reforms that will reduce unnecessary costs in the system and try and keep premium increases as low as they can be. To what extent are members actually using private health benefits less as a result of the pandemic and restrictions? Well, what we've seen uh, in in, uh, states which have had um, 
uh, restrictions is that there has some been some reduction uh, in use of um, private health insurance, but for a limited period. And what we have seen when uh, states and cities have opened up is that is that our customers have been able to address their health needs, go to the dentist, go to the optometrist, and actually um, uh, having the procedures that they need. So, you know, what we've committed to is returning uh, any permanent claim savings that we've seen through the pandemic to our customers, and that's why we're delaying the premium increase uh, that uh, is uh, due on 1 April uh, for five months, so that now all our customers will only see a premium increase uh, from September. Finally, I know it's an evolving situation, but we are seeing COVID, especially Omicron cases, explode around the country. What's your take and just how concerned are you about it? Oh, look, we uh, firstly, uh, you know, listen to the health advice uh, and, um, you know, we're, we're monitoring the situation. I think it's expected uh, by many uh, that the COVID cases will go up. But what's important is also to look at uh, the rate of hospitalisation, the rate of significant illness. Um, I, I think what it points to and what uh, everyone is talking to is to highlight the need uh, to you know, get tested if you're uh, feeling symptoms uh, or experiencing symptoms uh, and get uh, vaccinated. And that's our best um, protection against uh, this, uh, this pandemic. And what we are seeing also in the future uh, you know, with some health trends that we are monitoring more closely. You know, we've seen an increase in health concerns like mental health concerns. Uh, you know, we are seeing and uh, have seen a drop in people doing diagnostic tests. So we have to be tested. So we have to be ready uh, for an anticipated increase uh, in some of those procedures as we move through 2022. That is uh, Medicare, Medibank CEO David Koskar there speaking about the increases to private health insurance premiums. Now to the Australian share market, which closed 0.3% higher on the S&P ASX 200 to 7,387. Earlier, I spoke with Elio D'Amato from Daylight Financial. Oh, not much to be honest, other than investors and computers trading on board. And to be frank, uh, look, IT was uh, typically volatile today, uh, as approved once again. Uh, uh, you know, we, we do see the rising rate runoff continue, and that has put a little bit of a downward bias on many stocks in that high PEIT space. Uh, but uh, amongst our best, though, we saw healthcare, particularly those set to benefit from the COVID glow, like pathology firm Sonic. Ansel also had a good day, as did industrials and energy stocks. But really, not much fundamentally underneath that um, driving direction, uh, to be honest. Since Monday, shares are up around 1.3%. Is that what we're calling a Santa rally? Yeah, Santa rally, selling may and go away, Black Octobers, etc. Look, they're all nice package grabs. They uh, sound nice. They give a predictable nature to the market, though the reality is often far different from that. But look, December form's actually pretty good for um, in the last 20 years, uh, assuming this month we finish above 7,256, of course, um, we will see six, uh, we've had six Decembers where it's actually been negative. So that's only 30%. So 70% is actually winning form. And that's generally why it's considered a Santa rally in December. Uh, sometimes it can happen at the start of the month. And many times, like now, we're getting it towards the end of the month. But either way, though, it's a broader statement on the uh, overall uh, month. The good news is, is that if we do finish positive this month, it's actually a pretty good leading towards January, which also tends to be a very strong performing month as well. Probably has something to do with the fact that fund managers aren't around to play funny buggers with our stocks.
There is one corporate story that caught my attention today. It's a big loser on the share market, uh, Bigger Cheese. It follows a trading update from the company and a warning update because of COVID-19 impacts. What can you tell me and what about specifically implications for consumers? Because the, the, the company was talking about milk supply issues. Mm. Yeah, look, not much to add to the company update, to be frank. It's a difficult operating environment for them and no amount of cheese board acquiring over Christmas is going to help, unfortunately. Really, this is a global dairy market story and uh, the sector has a very promising outlook. Uh, Commodity prices continue to rise. Global demand for dairy has improved as more countries re-emerge from lockdowns at a time where, look, supply is tight. Milk production slowed in the main exporting regions this spring. Um, We've also seen dairy commodity prices tend to increase on the back of that. And freight, of course, remains a challenge, as we've been told frequently through the last few months. Uh, Importers have had to purchase more from overseas, so uh, just to ensure supply. So cost really is just tough. Um, And to be honest, those commodity prices are going to remain elevated for some time. So while conditions like this remain supportive for, you know, very good farm productivity, Australia's milk pool is unlikely to grow, which is going to mean likely that um, higher prices for milk are set to uh, come through. We also know of labour shortages, of course, so the cost of uh, uh, delivering milk is still a challenge as well. Um, We've got strong competition for milk across the board, including like players like Bigger Cheese, and they've got to pay to play. And unfortunately, that's hurt their outlook. And looking into 2022, what do you see as the key trading themes and where do you see the opportunities? Well, COVID will likely command the headlines leading into the new year, particularly as we move deeper into the Northern Hemisphere winter. But I think the global inflation trade will be of particular importance for many. Now, here in Australia, of course, we've got our own powder keg uh, with interest rates ready to explode with even the slightest spark, though the ABR, oh, sorry, the RBA is sitting there with a the hose ready to douse anything should it happen. But geopolitical tensions with China will also be a um, front and centre, particularly for large cap investors. They're in an environment of easing pace of economic growth and our growing focus here domestically on things like strategic metals and supply chain problems will see stocks solving these uh, issues like semiconductor businesses um, likely do well uh, into the uh, new year. Um, Other sectors that um, I expect to do well include healthcare, dare I say it. Now, I'm talking about those outside, of course, um, that have benefited from the COVID glow, particularly things like hospitals, for example, even allied care providers through to even emerging biotechs who have really seen their uh, business disrupted significantly on the back of um, COVID shutdowns. Um, But overall, though, inflation will be probably the story of 2022. Can we keep a lid on it in order to keep interest rates low as we re-emerge out of our COVID uh, slumber and uh, emerge into that new phase of growth? And um, can we keep them low enough to support a possible slowdown in growth from China? That'll be very interesting to see. Elia D'Amato there from Daylight Financial. Uh, This is the final SBS on the Money podcast and vodcast for the year. We will be returning back uh, with a new series on the 1st of February. Speak to you all then. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.